The reading today is from various books of the Proverbs. Skips about a bit, so I won't be keep saying where it's from, okay? But it starts off at Proverbs 11, verse 29. He who brings trouble on his family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. A quick-tempered man does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. What a man desires is unfailing love, Better to be poor than a liar. An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. Good morning. So I'm Dave, and I'm uh, one of the uh, members of the leadership team here at Dorchester Community Church. Uh, and uh, I'm taking the message for this morning. So hello everybody at home. I hope you're all sitting comfortably on that settee or sofa or wherever it is. It's time to kick the dog off now and settle down and listen. Um, As you're aware, Roger has not been um, at all well uh, over the last two Sundays, and uh, again, he's not able to be with us this morning. So I'm standing in for him. Although it's not me that's drawn the short straw, (laughs) it's you. (laughs) There's no need to nod. You can stop smiling over this side. I don't know what you're doing at home. But anyway, I'm standing in for Roger. I've had a quick look at his sermon notes, and I've dropped a few things in of my own, as you wouldn't be surprised to hear. I wonder if we'd be able to tell the difference. (laughs) I wonder. So the theme is how to control your temper, and it's linked very much into anger. Now, it might seem strange to look at the subject of controlling our temper on Remembrance Day, yet in some ways it is extremely appropriate. If it were not for anger and evil in people's hearts, quite simply, there would be no war. What a sad reflection that is. However, we do know that the reality is quite different. So today, we have pause to remember those who have been involved in conflict. Many of whom have lost their lives. Families and communities have been ripped apart. All because of man's anger. Well, um, I'm going to lighten things just for, for just for a moment, and I'm going to ask you to consider a few questions where you can decide amongst yourselves whether the statements I'm about to read are true or false. Yeah, it's a simple game, and we've often played it here before. So there's no need to get angry if you don't get the answer right. <laughs> So, the true or false statistics, here they come. Women lose their temper 
We've got them going already. Don't take a lot, does it? It don't take a lot. Women <laughs> lose their temper more than men. Is this true or is this false? <laughs> I can see I'm not going to get out of here alive, can you? <laughs> it's false. Men, according to these statistics, lose their temper six times a week. According to the survey, only six. <laughs> Whilst women only lose their temper three times a week. Ooh, I can see some men getting really cross right now. And it's no need to shake your fist, fellas, at the camera or the screen. This is what the statistics tell us. Right, here we go again then. Women get more angry with things than men, than people. Women get more angry with things than people. Oh, yeah. Really? I'm definitely putting a question mark on this one, fellas. I'm not getting angry, but it happens to be false. <laughs> Women don't get more angry with things than people. Yeah, that's about right. Right, anyway, men get more angry with things than people. Men get more angry with things than people. Is that true or is that false? It is true. Men do get more angry with things. And all the ladies said, I'm going to put a question mark over on that one. <laughs> right, next one. Married people express anger more than single people. Is that true or is that false? Married people... See, you've stopped shouting out now. You're not sure, are you? Married people express anger more than single people. It's only a statistic. I have no idea where it comes from. It is false. Everybody's pretty good at it, married or single. Although you haven't been in our house. On the <laughs> oh, I've done that one. Women, oh, we're back to the ladies again. Women are more likely to be physical than men when they express their anger. Women are more likely to be physical than men when they express their anger. That is supposed to be false. Women are not more likely to be... Oh, I don't know about this. Hang on. I, don't know. I think I'd better think it out again. The most likely place people express their anger is in the home. True or false? Well, I'm not sure what the consensus of opinion about, but uh, is, is, is on that, but it's true. Apparently, the most likely place for people to express their anger is in the home. That's sad, isn't it? Sad. Something we really ought to think about that. Anyway, right, we move on. Alexander the Great, in a fit of rage, struck his favourite general. He hit him and killed him. He was his best friend. Alexandra cried out, I've conquered the world, but I can't even conquer my soul. What an in-depth statement that is. Anger can rise up within us and express itself 
when we least desire it. Sometimes we have no idea where it comes from. It just happens. It's that red mist experience. Boom. Our current teaching series is called Strictly Getting It Right on the Night. You may or may not be a fan of the TV programme, but one thing's for sure, when those celebrity couples go out on their dancing routine on Saturday night, they are desperate to get it right. They are furious if they get it wrong. Watch the programme. And probably they are most cross with themselves. When we get cross or frustrated... How do we feel? Hmm? Think about that. Are we surprised how quickly emotions can come to the surface? Now, as Christians, we ought to be eager to get it right, not just on a Saturday night or when we have something to do, but as Christians, we should be eager to get this thing right all the time. How? Well, this is what we're going to be uh, thinking about together this morning. The Bible is a hugely practical uh, and full of good advice. What a book. What a book it is. And as in other weeks, we're going to draw from the the truth and wisdom of the book of Proverbs and see how we might control our temper. Now, there's some good stuff here. Uh, And these are some practical points to consider. Consider the consequences of your anger. Proverbs 29, verse 22, a hot-tempered person gets into all kinds of trouble. We could do a true and false one on that, and we'd all see that was true, wouldn't we? Um, Proverbs 15, 18, hot tempers cause arguments. How practical the Bible is, pointing out some of these uh, truths to us. When we lose our temper, we always lose. We can lose respect, we can lose our health, we can lose our job, and in extreme circumstances, we can even lose our families. And all of us here will have some experience of these uh, things in our own lives. Proverbs eleven twenty nine: The fool who provokes their family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. If people could learn that one, there'd be a lot less broken marriages. Anger can often start first in the family and it causes a devastating effect. And if we haven't experienced that in our lives and families, then we surely know uh, others who have. There's an article in James Dobson's magazine, when you feel like screaming, uh, they took a survey of 9 to 12-year-olds, and they asked them two questions. What do you most like and dislike about your mum? I've no idea why it was about their mum, but that was the survey. Likes all varied, but the overwhelming top of dislikes was when she screams and shouts. Ah, oh, that's sad. Isn't that sad? So why do we do it? Well, we appear to feel better when we do it. Psychologists know this, and maybe it gets us our own way when we scream and shout some of the time. 
I hope there's none of that going on in those houses and homes back there. But we often use that sort of thing to get our own way. But really, in the long run, we lose. Because others get used to the screaming and shouting, and it no longer has any effect. You might have experienced this yourself, or know someone who sadly, as the result of anger or an unresolved family feud, no longer has a relationship with someone they were close to. I mean, I, I, when I'm reading this to you, when I've been looking at this, all sorts of things have been going through my mind where I've seen the effect, this effect. Where not, and we're not just talking about married couples or family life here, but within the wider sphere of the family where people don't speak to each other anymore. How desperate it is because of anger. So, reflect before you react. This is key. Reflect before you react. Try not to respond impulsively in difficult times when you feel your temper's rising. Think it through first. Proverbs 29:11 says, A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man waits and lets it grow cool. One of the great remedies for anger is delay. Anger's a spur-of-the-moment thing, isn't it? So one of the remedies for it is delay. Text and emails just don't help in these situations. Wait. Don't press the send button too early. I've done that a few, few times. And once you press that send button, I mean, when you've written a letter, you've still got to take it down to the post box. But when you've pressed a send button, it's too late, it's gone. Uh, so it doesn't help in times where you're feeling angry. Thomas Jefferson said, when you're angry, count to ten. We've, all, we've heard that a lot of times. When you're very angry, count to a hundred. <laughs> if you're still angry, some of us might be, depending on the situation, keep on counting. <laughs> One person only had to count to two, and it worked. Why? Because it broke the tension. Anything we can do to delay or defer the tension is good. Is good. So reflect before reacting. Whatever you were going to do, don't. Now, this is one that is going to get at everyone, I hope. Remember, anger is often a choice. We just don't want to control it. Oh, that hurts. Think about it a bit more deeply. Don't react straight away. Think about it. Often, we don't want to control it. You've heard two people at home arguing. Then... When the phone rings, one goes to answer it, what happens? They're as calm as anything. <laughs> if we put two people in the same situation, one gets mad, one doesn't. Why? The way they interpret it. We need to think these things through. The way they look at it. The way they choose to respond. Ever heard of this? I've got to get this, I've got to get this right. You make me so mad. 
Ever heard that? No, nothing makes us mad. It's our choice to get mad. It's the way we respond. When irritated, we need to ask, is this really a big deal? Oh, that's, do you know, how many, how many of these family feuds when they really think about it? They can't remember how it started. Yeah? I've heard that so often. Real animosity and anger. Real distancing and, and pulling apart. I can't even remember what started there. So when irritated, we need to ask, is this really a big deal? The book, Patterns, Principles for Managers Who Mean It, I don't know where that comes from, but it's, it, this is General Patton writing this book. Uh, um, he says, never fight a battle where you don't gain anything by winning it. Well, he would, wouldn't he? That's what he says. Know what battles to fight and know what battles aren't worth fighting. Argument doesn't have to be the answer. Know what, and it's not only what battles to fight, but how to fight them. An argument doesn't have to be the answer. Proverbs 17:27 tells us, people who stay calm have real insight. And when I'm in my car sometimes, I have no insight. <laughs> Because there are circumstances where I just don't stay calm. But I should do. I've, I mean, um, I wasn't going to say this, but do you know, when people who drive are in cars, they get really cross with pedestrians. And when they get out of a car and become a pedestrian, they get really cross with people in cars. Did you know that? It's a fact. People who stay calm have real insight. When we are angry, it's usually due to one of three reasons. And I've been thinking long and hard about this. Either we've been hurt, or we're frustrated, or we're insecure. The root of our anger is, uh, lies in one of those aspects. Older said all people who are, have an overactive temper are just insecure. Interesting that, isn't it? Um, we need to look in the mirror and examine why am I angry? Why? Good question to ask. Uh, then do anything we can, we can to keep from responding immediately. So we're building in this time factor uh, uh, aspect again. Anger is not the problem. It's the frustrated, the hurting, or the insecurity that's at the bottom of it all. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Jesus wants to work on all of these. Hold back from saying what you might regret. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says, If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Or, if you relate it to me, keep your big mouth shut. And if I had learned that lesson, I'd have been in a lot less trouble over the years. Also, whatever you do when you're angry, resist using sarcasm. Because harsh words escalate the problem, uh, and soft words de-escalate the tension. There's some great stuff in this, isn't there? Roger, uh, I'm so grateful I had a squiz at your nose. <laughs> you really are hearing from both of us this morning. 
Proverbs 15 and verse 1. A gentle answer quiets anger, but harsh ones stir it up. Oh, if, only I could, if only I could remember all these things <laughs> when the point of being upset or angry comes. Boom! You know, these are things we can't learn on the job when it happens. These are things we have to do uh, in our day-to-day life and gradually uh, assimilate them into our characters so that they become part of us. Um, soft words de-escalate the tension. Do you know, I have to admit, I'm sorry about this, but sometimes when someone has um, replied in soft words to me, <laughs> it makes me more angry sometimes <laughs> because they're showing me up. They're showing my insecurity or whatever. But it's a fact and we need to make these things part of who we are in Jesus. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer. I've done that. Avoid volume. Volume shows disrespect. And when we shout at our children, that's what we're showing them. Um, and avoid, avoid sarcasm. Oh, dear. What? I've had a bit of that this morning, mine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. <laughs> I just had to use it. <laughs> Avoid sarcasm, as that shows belittling. But most of us at some point, hear this, most of us at some point are likely to have employed either or both. Have you confessed that to the law? That there are times in your life when you have shown disrespect by sarcasm and belittling i expect there are but have you confessed it to the law and should you remember that people will copy us so how effective will it be when a parent yells at their child don't you dare shout at me sooner or later that child is going to start shouting at people they copy us one famous golfer, <laughs> was one time doing a pro clinic. And he said to his 14-year-old son, with him, he thought, he thought he'd show off. He said, hey son, show them what I taught you. So his son obediently pulled out a number, <laughs> a number nine iron and threw it as far as he could up into the sky. Um, I have actually seen this. At my, in my, I went round the golf course once, and halfway round, first of all, this individual started threatening his golf club. <laughs> if you don't behave. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, then he broke it over his knee. It was a brand new golf club. But unfortunately, golf clubs can do that sometimes, can't they? <laughs> Especially when you think you're on a number, what's it, a handicap, three handicap, and that's going, going by the by. Golf clubs, you can really get angry with them at times. Have you ever said anything and then later regretted it? Big chorus of yes, and if anybody says no, they aren't living in the real world. Have you ever said anything and then later regretted it? What did you do about it? We can either go back to the person and seek to put things right, or do nothing. 
because our issue of pride is just simply too big. Pride often prevents apologies. Sorry is said to be the hardest word in the English language. Yet it shows great strength and wisdom of those who use it. Sorry isn't a a giving in sign, but it is a sign that you've got control of yourself uh, and that you are able to, to, to work through situations. Sorry shows great strength and wisdom to those who use it. So is there someone, this is a bit of the rubber hitting the road stuff, is there someone you need to make things right with? There almost certainly is. I don't know at what level that would be, but at some level there is almost certainly someone we need to things make things right with. Maybe because you said something in haste and now regret. Time factor again. Do you know that we can act Do you know this, that this is a fact that that I think that we can act differently outside of church to the way we act inside the church? Do you know that? No? Really? Well, no, no, no. Surely not. We can say quite nasty things and hurtful things outside the church building. Then when we come into the church, you would think butter wouldn't melt in our mouths. It's as though there's a dividing line drawn across the front door of the church. Outside, I can be touchy and hurtful. But step over the line into the church and I must be on my best behaviour. It's no good pretending it doesn't apply. It applies to, I would say, virtually everyone. Then when I step back over the line on my way out of the church... I can revert back to type again. I'm deliberately pausing so we can all really get our heads around that. We can act differently outside the church than inside. Dear friends, these things didn't ought to be so. We're the same people. Jesus is the same Jesus. We've been saved by the same blood. We can't be different outside to inside. These things should not be so. Think how you can constructively deal with your anger. To suppress it could make you ill. So you're getting hurt. To express it could could hurt other people. So what do we do? Well, seek to understand yourself. Look at these issues of hurting, frustration and insecurity. Look at them. That's what gives rise to the anger and the problems. And when you're beginning to understand yourself in these issues, take them to Jesus. A change has to take place. And it's really, I think, quite often we're powerless to make that change. But in Jesus, what an advantage we have as one who stands closer to us than a brother, who with his Holy Spirit lives on the inside, he on the outside. God's up in heaven. He's got us surrounded, you know. We need to take things to him uh, and get them right in our relationship with him. Now, I've added in a little bit here, Roger, if you ever watch, see or hear about this. I've added a little bit in here that I don't want you to get blamed for. Up to now, (laughs) as if, as if, up to now, we've focused very much on anger and how destructive it can be. But, you know, the same 
destruction can be achieved by calm and devious people who wait and plan to bring disaster down on others' heads. I've had experience of that in, uh, in my family, and you may have in yours. So don't excuse yourself of bad behaviour on the basis of anger outbursts. Oh, I've got them under control now. I'm fine, but you wait till I get that person. I get my own back. Deviousness. Uh, it, you know, all this is about a heart thing. Laying traps in a calm and devious way, for me, is anger by stealth and just as unacceptable. It's touched on in Proverbs 14, 17, which refers to those who devise evil schemes. So the scripture's holistic, isn't it? It catches it all up. God knows our hearts and our motivations. I don't think anyone's fooling him. Uh, if we suffer from these weaknesses, we need to seek God's forgiveness and in actual fact go further than that. We need to seek his forgiveness and healing. This is a deep thing that comes from uh, deep within us. And it will be something, without doubt, that requires the involvement of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, start thinking about it. Third person to Trinity. Look after yourself first. Instructions on planes about using oxygen masks. Yeah? A lot of you have probably seen it. And that says, tend to yourself first. Why? Because we can only look after others once we've looked after ourselves, yeah? We need to give our anger and temper to God first. Once we've done that, and your pain matters to Jesus, once we've done that, he wants to replace that hurt with his love. We need to look after ourselves first. Take the issues to Jesus. Because when we stop hurting will stop hurting others. We start being able to love others because that's part of his nature within us. Jesus is able to bring change in each of us. Jesus is able to bring change in each of us. But it's if we allow him. Yeah, If we allow him. He didn't hang on that cross, my friends, for these weaknesses to continue. Jesus died to make a difference to all of these things for all of us. Uh, And also to counsel them out as long as well as all our other things. Right, as we close, Romy gave us a great verse at Saturday church yesterday. And that was Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. You need to think about that one. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, because the devil will get in there. Do not give the devil a foothold. What a great verse. Romans, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27. But let's give the last verse this morning on this subject to Jesus. And funnily enough, Robin, when he prayed, great stuff, one mind, flow of the Spirit, he said this. Um, uh, it comes from John 13, 34, A new commandment, yeah? I give unto you, love one another. Does it stop there? 
owner, as I have loved you. If the world could get hold of that, if we could get hold of that, certainly from the world's perspective, there would be no more war. Love one another as I have loved you. And the greater love that lays down his life is that Jesus laid his down. If we understood that, there would be no need for others to lay their lives down because this world would be free of war. Let's take that verse out across that barrier into the world as we leave uh, and use it to contemplate on and reflect on to deal with this subject. Love one another as I have loved you. A commandment. Thank you.